Welcome to the Daniel Burke Show. I want to create a hundred episodes of podcast. The longest Snapchat I've ever felt. One a day. Coming on. No real purpose. Coming on. No real topics to cover. Coming on. Just me talking. Coming on. Coming on. Three, two, one. Day 39. What is going on? I've just finished watching a documentary by Warren Buffett. And I've got to go to a rugby match later this afternoon that I'm watching. So I've got about an hour before I have to leave or get out of here or actually, no, sorry, I've got about an hour before I need to be at the actual game. So I'm going to try to get this podcast done within about 25 minutes. And what's it going to be on? Well, I've got how many things? 23 things here that I learned from this documentary if you want to see it, it's called Becoming Warren Buffett. It's on YouTube. It's by HBO. I don't know if it's a legal copy, but it was on YouTube and there was 100,000 plus views. So I figured, why don't I jump in? Um, and so how's this going to work? I'm going to start a 25-minute timer. And when that goes up, I'm going to end the podcast. So hopefully I get through all 23. Let's see how I go. So number one. Treat yourself well. Warren uses the analogy um, of a car, right? So if, you, if I said to you I was going to give you a brand new car, whatever you wanted, and it was going to be out the front of your, wherever you are, house or whatever, with a bow on it, it can be any car you want, and that was, that was going to be completely free. But there's a catch. It's the only car you'll ever own in your whole life. So... He, what did, what's that analogy likened to? Well, he likened that to the fact that you only get one body and one mind for your entire life, so make sure you treat them well. Number two, compound interest is an amazing thing. So Einstein believed that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world, and Warren does too. So one of his quotes is that over compounding, no, oh, sorry, over time, compounding does amazing things, and that's really where the majority of his wealth has come from. It's from compound interest. So he's, he wasn't always rich. He, the first 50 years of his life, he, he, I don't know, maybe not even a millionaire, probably, but certainly not where he, where he is now. But it just, over time, his wealth has just grown incredibly fast. Well, sorry, not incredibly fast. In the last recent years, it's grown incredibly fast just because of how, how big compound interest gets. That's why you always hear the rich get richer. Well, it's because they use that riches to, to effectively gain more riches. So compound interest does amazing things. If you don't know what compound interest is, check it out. Number three, trust what you believe. So Warren is a, the owner of Berkshire Hathaway, owner and founder of Berkshire Hathaway, which is a holding company. And they own over 70 different businesses across, I don't know, hundreds of industries, let's just say that. And employs thousands of people around the world. And how did Berkshire Hathaway become the second most valuable company in the world or top five, whatever, I'm not sure who who are at the moment, probably Facebook, Google and Amazon or whatever, Apple. And Berkshire Hathaway's always been up there because he he invests in things that he believes in. So trust what you believe. If you believe in renewable energy and solar cars, invest in Tesla. If you believe in new technologies, invest in Apple, Google, Facebook, or whatever. So trust what you believe. 
Oh, and that doesn't also go for investing. If you believe in something, trust yourself. Number four, don't be afraid to reach out. So after Warren completed his first degree, business and accounting or something like that, he applied to get into Harvard. He didn't get into Harvard. So most people think that's a bad thing, but he looks back on it and this is one of the best things he ever ha- it ever happened to him. Why? Well, because that caused him to write a letter to a professor at Columbia University and um, this professor, I can't remember his exact name, but it was he was the author of one of the books that Warren had loved reading and got inspired by to, to get into investing. He thought the professor was dead. But he wrote a letter to him saying that he'd like to come and study under him and turns out the professor accepted him to his to the university and he ended up being being taught by him. And this is at that university, Columbia University, is where he met Benjamin Graham, which was uh, probably one of the most influential people in Warren's investing life because he was the author of The Intelligent Investor, which is Warren's favorite book on investing. So I haven't read it, but if I do, I'll make sure I tell you guys about it because I'm sure if it's Warren Buffett's favorite book on investing, it's full of some absolute gold. And what what's number five? So number five is invest. Um, of course, we all know Warren Buffett is one of the richest men in the world, and it's mostly because of it making smart investments. Back to point three, trusting what you believe in. He learned the two rules of investing from Benjamin Graham, who was the author of The Intelligent Investor. The number one rule of investing, never lose money. Number two rule, never forget rule number one, just like Fight Club, simple. Don't lose money, don't, re- don't forget rule number one. Number six, communication is key. So beginning out, starting out, he, was, he wasn't always the good public speaker that he is. You see him doing speeches now, he seems relaxed and able to get his point across very well. But this wasn't always the case. He, he tells a story in this documentary of where he used to be afraid of public speaking and it used to hold him back from hosting uh, conventions and talking to people and stuff like that. And then he ended up taking a Dale Carnegie public speaking course and this changed his whole life. If you haven't heard of Dale Carnegie, make sure you look up his books because he's the author of some incredible books including How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's one of my favorite books and so many other people. And so this, this speaking course he attributes to changing his whole life. He said public speaking and communication is so valuable when you're dealing with anything. Interacting with other human beings is a major skill, whether it be digitally, socially, in person, whatever. Like interacting with human beings is a fundamental skill of life. And he hangs the, the speaking, he values this course so much, he hangs this course like certificate that he got on his wall in his office rather than his very various uh, college degrees. So that just shows how, goes to show how much he values public speaking and communication. So that was number six, communication is key. Number seven, balance. So all of his children were in the documentary, all four of them, and they all had nothing but good things to say about him. That goes to show a lot, like it shows... Uh, a lot of people are wealthy, but they really haven't got... They have to give something up to become that that wealthy person. So they've either given up their health or they've given up their family life or given up something else. But Warren seems to have a good balance. And of course, the balance is never going to be perfect. But the fact that all these kids had good things to say 
there was a video of his uh, deceased wife back in 2004 speaking about him and she couldn't say anything, couldn't say a bad word about him. And they, the kids recalled stories of the fact that he wasn't rich and famous growing up. He just went to work, work hard and came home for dinner and spent time with his family. One of, the, one of his daughters even recalls the fact that he used to sing her to sleep every night and so the song Over the Rainbow brings her back so many, so many good memories. So yeah, balance. Balance is important. That was number seven. Number eight, circle of competence. So what's that? So there's a, a book by a famous baseballer, also can't remember the name, but if you Google the science of hitting, essentially there's a diagram in the book which shows a baseball player holding a bat. Next to the baseball player is a, is a rectangle. And now within the rectangle is a whole bunch of circles. And those circles are supposed to represent ball pitches and the author talks about the famous baseballer talks about if he only focused on the balls in his specific hitting zone which happened to be right in the center um, he would have a high a lot higher average than what he would trying to hit something outside of his circle outside of the his main impact zone and so what is what is this how does it relate to Warren Buffett's life well the fact that Warren says this is one of his also one of his favorite books, The Science of Hitting. He also says, "Know your circle and swing when something enters it." So, what does that mean? So that comes back to point point three: trust what you believe in. That's that's how he's had all of his best investments. Is he's just trusted what he believes in, and he knew his circle of competence. He knew the things he was skilled in, and he didn't didn't stray outside of that. It's it comes back to that rule that I also said in previous episodes about the Warren Buffett rule, it's like write down the 25 things in life that you love and then cross out, well, sorry, circle the five things that you really love and then forget the other 20. So that, that could be your circle of competence. It's a hard thing to do. So trust trust your circle of competence. Number nine, don't alt- emotionally tie yourself to things you ultimately can't control. So he's quoted in the documentary, if you're emotional about investing, it's not going to end well, right? We all, like, the, the example's everywhere. We, no one, really, the only thing we can control is, is how we respond to certain situations or the, the decisions that we make. There's no one that can make you angry. No one that can make you happy. Like, that's, that's all a choice. And so if you, if Warren was, imagine if Warren was to, the way he, he says that is that if I was emotionally attached to my investments, I'd wake up and have a, a meltdown every couple of days when the stock market goes down. So yeah, don't don't get emotionally attached to material goods. Just stick with what you're good at, trust in what you believe. Don't emotionally tie th- don't emotionally tie yourself to things that you cannot control. Number ten, have a companion. This was the same in the Casey Neistat video. It's it plays out everywhere. I'm noticing this so much and so much more. Like everyone there's some amazing people on this planet like by by themselves but Warren Buffett on his own is a phenomenal person but he in throughout the entire documentary he attributes so much of his success to other people even Arnold Schwarzenegger in the i think it's the book Tools of Titans yeah by Tim Ferriss Arnold Schwarzenegger does the the foreword and he says a lot of people call him self-made but he says no I've had help from so many people that's the same with Warren he's had a Phenomenal business partner through Charlie Munger. They worked together for 50 plus years at the 
top three most valued companies in the world. And he also contributes like a a tribute, sorry, a phenomenal amount of his success to his wife, which, of course, she passed away in 2004, but they were together for 60 or so years. They got married really young. She was 19, he was 21, but that's, that's an important point. Have a companion, even if it's like not a spouse or a business partner, like you can always surround yourself with the right people. Like that's where it, what it really comes back to. Surround yourself with people who are going to put you up. First, you've got to love yourself and then make sure you have people around you to share that joy with and share that love. Joy is best experienced when it's shared. So that's number 10, have a companion. Number 11, ethics are important. So Warren and Charlie both believe that they've done better in business because they both had incredibly good ethics. And so what does that mean? Just work hard, keep yourself happy, but don't wrong other people. There's a phenomenal amount of easy ways to, to make money by double-crossing people, to lying, to ripping off people. That's not sustainable. Both of them did not believe in that at all, which is why they're more than likely why they're the top, one of the top investment firms or the top investment firm in the world. This goes like ethics, that goes like not just for business, that's like any relationship actually. So whether it be intimate, business, family, friendship, whatever, the person you meet on the street, just have ethics, treat people like the golden rule. Do unto others what what you'd want done to yourself. Number 11, ethics are important. Number 12, keep the circle small. The Berkshire Hathaway office has 25 people in a small office. This is We're talking about the second most valuable company in the world, and it has 25 people in the office. And now, of course, it's a holding company, so a lot of their wealth comes from different sources. But the immediate circle is incredibly small. Surround, let's, back to the point I just said before. Surround yourself with the right people. Although it's only 25 people, Warren could not speak any higher of them. They have fun. All the photos of them are smiling. They're in a small office. They just they just thrive off each other. So environment and surrounding yourself with the right people changes lives. So anyone who says they're self-made, probably lying because at some point they've probably had some help from someone or they're a very, very rare outlier. So number 12, keep the circle small. Number 13, create the exact life you want. That's the beautiful thing about life, is that it's like a blank canvas. You can, that's what Warren describes it as, you can paint paint whatever you want, paint whatever picture. He's created the exact life he's wanted. He loves investing. He completed college like three years early or something like that, or within three years, or something he shouldn't have finished so early just because he wanted to get back into investing. He found his thing. He found his niche. He found what what makes him get up out of bed every morning. So, and if you say, oh, I don't have a passion, well, yeah, you can, you might not have a passion, but you can only, you're not born with a passion. No one's born with it. You can only develop a passion after you get good at something and you can continually beat down on your craft every single day. So, he also quotes, he's quoted, yeah, he's like, I tap dance to work every morning. It's not work, it's play. What a phenomenal life to be able to live if you can play every day. So number 14, never stop learning. So even after all of these successes, even after amounting, surmounting billions and billions of dollars, we're talking like $80 billion in the bank for his own personal wealth, not to mention what Berkshire Hathaway has done. He keeps attributing 
alongside public speaking, reading is another thing that he said has contributed to his success. He reads at least five to six hours per day. It's just a phenomenal amount of time just absorbing, learning, taking in information. That's how he that's how he beats down on his craft. He's like it's not no, he wasn't born good at investing, right? So you just have to, like, to become the best investor in the world, which which effectively he is, you just have to complete, com- continue. I can't even get the words out right now. I'm trying to hit this deadline. Um, continually beat down on your craft. So just practice what you're good at every single day. Find what you're good at. If you don't know what you're good at, try something new. Who knows? You never know. Like, if you just get stuck in the same circle of, Things that you're like, oh, this is not really great. Where do you think you're going to end up? Just stuck in the same circle. Jump outside the circle, right? So never stop learning. Never stop beating down on your craft. Number 15, focus. So there was this story that he told where Bill Gates, so he's real good friends with Bill Gates, which is phenomenal because, yeah, two richest people in the world, best friends, go figure. They just must meet at billionaires meetings. No, I'm kidding. They're, They're phenomenal people. So Bill Gates and Warren Buffett were at dinner together and Bill Gates' dad asked them both to write down on a piece of paper what, if they could like describe their successes in one word, what would it be? They both ended up writing down focus. So number 15, focus. Focus is phenomenally important. Like As I said, he knows what he's good at, beats down on that every single day. That's what I, I, I try to do. I'm lucky enough to figure out some of the things I'm good at early on. and I know I'm good at fitness. I know I'm good at training. I know I'm good at doing something every day and making little improvements here and there. So, But it's still hard. It's phenomenally hard. That's why, that's why not, many, not many people are the rich, like, as rich as they are. It's because just the lack of focus. Like, the only thing something never gets done is because you give up. Like, that's it. Like, the only thing you don't achieve what you want to achieve is just because you give up. Like, that's literally it. Like, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve if you have enough focus. So, find something you're good at, focus on it, neglect everything else. 16. Taking time to think. So, as a quote in the documentary, Warren says he just... He just likes to take hours to just sit and think. Most of his best business decisions and and answers to money questions have come from periods of just sitting and thinking, which is something I I lack in my life right now is is just being able to sit and think of of something. Like, what am I saying? So I can sit and think, but quiet time or having time to reflect, we're so connected at the moment that it's easy to pick up an iPhone and just be connected to the rest of the world. It's easy to, to, I don't know, start watching TV. It's easy to start playing Xbox. But how often do you just sit in a room and think for 20 or so minutes? I, I certainly, I can't remember the last time I have. I meditate and whatnot, but I, I should dedicate more time just to sit and think and just, I don't know, stare into space really, just contemplate it. You know when you get those random thoughts that come in the shower? Probably because you're not distracted by anything else. So number 16, taking time to think. 17, solitude. So he's a, he's a hermit by nature, of course. He's, he's devoted his whole life to, to learning, to reading, to investing, to a whole bunch of other things. Well, not actually, sorry, that's a lie. Not a whole bunch of other things, but just let's just say that, investing. That's his, that's his numero uno. 
compound interest. That's his, that's his main love. He loves his family, loved his wife, loves his new wife, etc. But compound interest and investing, that's, that's what he loves. And that's, that's what he uses time alone for, the solitude. Going back to the point I said before, how, how often do you, do you have that solitude just working by yourself, beating down on your craft every so often? He'd often come home like at times where uh, his, his kids would talk about it, where he'd come home for dinner and then he'd have dinner with the family and then go up and just sit in his office and just sit there in his chair just contemplating things for hours at a time. Like they'd lose him. They know he'd f- physically be in the house, but was he mentally in the house? But, and that's, that's the balance that you've got to work out. Like it's, there's never a perfect balance. Like even though you're home with your family, sometimes your mind is elsewhere. So I've done that in the past. I've been physically present with someone but my mind has been on other things. It's it's incredibly hard to do, but I suppose that's where he gives him, himself time to to take time and be in solitude so that he can, when he is with others, he can be fully present there because there's no point being in a, in a cross between each world, if you know what I mean. So if you're with someone else or with other people, don't try not to have your mind elsewhere, but if you're with... If you're only with yourself, think about the same thing. Try, just keep keep within yourself. I don't know where I'm going with this, but that's that's what I'm trying to get across. Have try and create equal times of extrovertedness and introvertedness. Number eighteen, the long game. So the long game is the best game. This comes back to his love of compound interest. Too many people are looking for the shortcut, the shortcut to million dollars, shortcut to fitness, the shortcut to fat loss, whatever. If there's anything I've learned from fitness is that you literally have to do, just be consistent. The long game always wins. I, it's taken me five to six years to to build the body I have, to gain the strength that I have of five to six years of disciplined diet and exercise. Like, And that's I'm only scratching the tip of the iceberg, so there's so much more left to go. I've got another 80 years in front of me of life ahead, so I've got to start thinking about sustainability. Like I've had injuries in the past, but now I've focused more back onto the what's the long game and that's what Warren believes as well is the power of compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world improve yourself one percent per day and hey in a few years time the results you'll look back and it'll be incredible so the long game is the best game number 19 giving back so after his wife Susie's passing in 2004 Warren pledged to donate the majority of his wealth to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in 2006 so although Susie, Susie did want to give away more of the wealth before uh, her passing, of course, you, you never really know when you're going to go. So she couldn't have known that she was going to, to, to pass away. But Warren, it came back to his love of compound interest. He, he was with her in the fact that he wanted to give his money away, but he also said that if we wait a few more years or wait, wait until, I don't know, X amount of date, is that... And this comes back to the long game to compound interest. If we wait until a certain point, the money that we have will be so much more than what we could ever give now. And that's that's held true true now. So there was a stat shown in the doc- documentary that as of 2016, Warren Buffett has dedicated at least $100 plus billion of wealth to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is the largest donation ever made of all time, which is absolutely inspiring that like that brought me to tears when I saw that part of the documentary number 20 
Reputation is a fragile house. There's a quote. It takes 20 years to build a reputation, but only five minutes to destroy it. So think about that. It comes back to the... Oh, that's a point coming up in number 22. I won't, I won't spoil that. So we'll just, just keep that. Reputation is fragile. It's like trust. It takes forever to build, but only a minute to, to crush, right? You spend, people spend 10 years dating the girl of their dreams and then go sleep with someone for five minutes or whatever because it's, I don't know, it's in the moment or whatever, and then they've just ruined that complete trust in that relationship. It's a hard thing, and that's, that's not just with relationships and cheating. I, that just example came to my head. This with everything else. It's a fragile house. 21, extreme ownership. Now, I've learned this from Jocko Willing as well, but Warren also like shows examples of this in, in everything. He, he takes responsibility for all of his actions. And There was one example when Solomon Brothers, which was one of Berkshire Hathaway's holding companies, did something unethical. A few of the people were doing something unethical in terms of, I know, trading law and whatnot. And Warren had recently invested in a company. He actually stood in as acting CEO for, I can't remember the exact reason, but because he was on the board of advisors or something, took full responsibility for it. Even uh, spoke to the the justice or something, whoever was taking care of the case and said, I'm taking full responsibility for this. I want to fix what's what's wrong here. And I really believe that we can get we can turn this around rather than having eight thousand people lose their jobs. So he didn't have to do that. He wasn't CEO of the company, he was already CEO, he was already running his own Berkshire Hathaway, but instead took the responsibility where no one else could and took the extreme ownership because it comes back to the one of the earlier points. Trust what you believe. And he invested in the company and he must have believed in it at some point and so he was trusting in what he believed, believed, believed. <laughs> he took extreme ownership of that action. Number 22. This is one I was talking about for number 20. The front page of the newspaper rule. I've used this in the past so many times. So what is this? So every action you take, just think about it before you do it. Oh, the time is going off. We've done 25 minutes. That's all right. One more point. So... Number 22, the front page of the newspaper rule. Any action you do, just imagine whatever you're going to do, it's going to be on the front page of the newspaper the next day. And everyone you know, including your closest family and friends, are going to see that and read that. So, hey, you might not care what other people think, but that certainly has brought some perspective into the, the actions that I take every day. Just considering what would happen if this was on the front page of a newspaper tomorrow and everyone I love and treasure is going to see this. It's so simple, but so effective. Number 23, last point. Life is a game. Play it and have fun. He's quoted, I love the game of life. I got to create. He's like, I love the game. I love playing it. And the love, like you can even see it. Like when, in the last one of the last scenes, he's, his love for, for life and love for the game in general is just infectious. It's hard not to be inspired after watching this documentary. He does what he loves every day. Gets up, tap dances to work. What a way to live. And he says, look for the job you would take if you didn't need a job. This is not specifically to the what earns you money. Like you got a job everywhere. It's your job to be alive when you wake up every morning. It's when you, when consciousness returns to your body, you gotta, you got to live that day. That's your job. So not just work, like family time, whatever. Like look for the, spend your time 
in life as if it was a game. Have fun playing the game. That's what Warren Buffett does. And that's, that's 23 things that I learned from Warren Buffett. I'm going to write an article on this within the next few days, and that'll be on my Medium so, or and my website, mrdburke.com, if you want to check it out. But I'm going to wrap this up. I hope it wasn't too rushed. I think I got all, all 23 points out. Phenomenal documentary if you want to check it out. YouTube, uh, Becoming Warren Buffett. It's by HBO. Might not be on YouTube due to copyright if it gets taken down or whatever, but it's well worth whatever it costs. I should have paid for it. I just, that's, that's, <laughs> that's unethical on my behalf. I don't know if it's, it's cost or not. Whatever. I'm, I'm rambling here. So if you learned something from this, share it with someone. If you like the podcast, rate it on iTunes. Give me some advice. I'd love to hear it. My email is daniel at mrdburke.com. Social media is mrdburke everywhere, uh, M-R-D-B-O-U-R-K-E. I'm going to watch some, some rugby later tonight. So if you learned something, make sure you share it with someone you love, and I'll catch you later.